Welcome back to the Community Online Podcast. This week, we're joined by teaching pastor Tammy Melchin as we kick off the series, Becoming Like Jesus. Remember, you can always find us on Sundays streaming live at communityonline.tv. We hope to see you there. Happy New Year, everyone. Well, it's January 2nd, so let me begin by asking, how many of you have already broken a New Year's resolution? No judgment here. Uh, People have lots of different opinions about New Year's resolutions. Maybe you're someone who loves them. I came across a list of the top 10 New Year's resolutions, and it was what you might have expected. Included were things like read more, lose weight, and learn a new skill or hobby. Can you guess what was number one on the list? Exercise more. Now, I've made that resolution myself before and probably only lasted through January 2nd. Of course, there are many people who don't like making resolutions, and I can understand why, but I don't want you to be left out. So I found some resolution suggestions that that you might actually feel good about. For example, how about this resolution? Wake up before noon on the weekends. I'm pretty sure I could keep that one. Or maybe this one for you overachievers. Become the goat of sarcasm. Now you can try, but you're going to have to fight me for that title. Or how about this resolution? To live my best life by only buying pants with no buttons or zippers. I think I could get behind that resolution too. What lies behind the idea of New Year's resolutions is this desire to reinvent or make ourselves into something new. Yet often what they end up feeling like is just one more thing to strive for, one more thing to feel stressed about. And let's face it, the last thing we need is more stress or more striving. But what if we made a resolution for 2022? that was different? What if there was a resolution that would lead to flourishing? What if in 2022, we resolve to become like Jesus? Today, we're starting a new series called Becoming Like Jesus. And let me start off by telling you what this series is not going to be about. It's not going to be about striving. It's not going to be about just doing more, praying more, or reading the Bible more, even though those are good things. This series is about opening ourselves up to the transforming work of the Holy Spirit who wants to deeply form us into the image of Christ. And while this series is not about striving, I think it will be challenging Because the way of Jesus looks a whole lot different than the way many of us have been living. Many of us find ourselves living at a pace that eliminates any real semblance of abiding with God. Living lives characterized by emotional distress and dysfunction. Living indistinguishable from those who aren't followers of Jesus. These realities are a clarion call reminding us that it is possible to be committed to the the external activities of Christianity without being deeply transformed by Christ. As author Rich Velotis, whose book has helped inform this series, says, instead of being deeply formed, we settle for being shallowly shaped. This series 
is a call to be transformed, a, a call to a transformed way of being in the world, to become like Jesus. Because here's the truth. God is not interested in transforming some parts of you and leaving the rest untouched. His desire is to transform every part of you until, as the Apostle Paul puts it, Christ is formed in you. And so, as we start this new series and this new year, let's ponder this question. If Jesus were to make resolutions for 2022, what resolutions might he make? I think we can imagine what Jesus would recommend by taking a closer look at how he lived his life. After all, Jesus is our model for human flourishing. Remember, he emptied himself of all the privileges of his deity to come and live among us. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, he lived a perfect human life. So what resolutions would he recommend? I think the first one might be to slow down. We live in a culture of speed, and many of us have become masters of multitasking. Who hasn't driven their car with one knee while eating a burger and fries? Or who hasn't watched television while working on an assignment for work or school? Who hasn't checked their email while listening to a family member or friend? Many of us live our lives not as human beings, but as human doings. We're pulled in, in every direction, and there never seems to be enough time in the day. Some of us even convince ourselves that we thrive on being busy. But Jesus didn't live like that. He didn't just go along with the craziness of busyness and production. In fact, in some of the busiest times in his life, when people and opportunities were bombarding him from every direction, he made the choice to slow down. For example, when Jesus' public ministry was just getting started, the momentum was, was building at a feverish pace. His miraculous healing of a man with leprosy was creating a buzz. And Jesus tries to, to keep things under wrap, but the historian Luke tells us, yet the news about him spread all the more so that crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. So what does Jesus do? Does he jump on Instagram to build his platform and ride this wave of publicity? Does he pull all-nighters so that he can spread his message to every person and heal every disease in the crowd? No. Luke continues, But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. He steps away from it all. He slows down. New Testament scholar R.T. France writes, Jesus will not permit himself to be defined by the people or be so occupied as to be cut off from the source of his power. A while ago, I was in that place where life felt a bit out of control. The to-do list was long. The calendar was full. The hard decisions that needed to be made were many. So one afternoon, I decided to head to one of my favorite places to escape, the Morton Arboretum. And as I walked the trails, I, I tried to settle my heart and my mind, but, but it's like there was this magnetic pull constantly taking me back to my anxiety. I put in my headphones and tried to listen to worship music to get my, my mind to stop racing, but, but even that didn't seem to be working. 
But then a strange thing happened. The music playing just stopped on its own. And I thought it was weird, but instinctively I pulled out my phone and just hit play again. But after I had taken just a few more steps, the, the music stopped again. And I wondered if I was in a dead spot in the woods, but I had walked this trail many times and this had never happened. And so then I, I had a new thought. Maybe God was trying to get my attention. I stopped all the striving in my mind and I asked him to, to just help me be present, to help me hear him, to help me pay attention. And I walked around a bend in the trail and, and there was a bench. And for some reason in my spirit, I, I knew it was there for me. So I walked up to it and I looked down at the dedication plate and the line on the bottom grabbed my attention. Be still and know. Of course, it was a reference to Psalm 4610, where God says, be still and know that I am God. And I felt like it was God's invitation for me to stop, to slow down, to sit down, and just enjoy his presence there in the middle of the woods. Maybe you feel like slowing down is impossible. But could it be that stopping, even for just a few minutes, is what your soul is crying out for? Jesus modeled this slowing down, and I believe that God invites each and every one of us into it. Pastor Wayne Cordero says, sometimes we get so busy rowing the boat that we don't take time to stop and see where we're going or what we're becoming. Perhaps the resolution Jesus is calling you to make in this new year is to slow down, to stop running after everything and everyone, to be still. And this leads to the second resolution. As we begin to embrace our need to slow down, we also need to consider something that is potentially more challenging or scary for many of us. Jesus calls us to pursue solitude. Now, solitude is much more than a, a passive withdrawal from the world around us. Solitude is an intentional response to our busy, noisy world. A willingness to stand firm against a, a barrage of stimuli begging for our attention and focus. Jesus had a regular practice of taking time alone in solitude with the Father. In his book about Jesus' life, Mark describes a practice that, that was a pattern in Jesus' life. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. This practice of solitude was a priority for him, and, and the demands happening around him didn't deter him. In fact, the busier he got, the more he withdrew. Solitude remained a priority. Jesus chose to separate in order to connect with his heavenly Father. He separated to connect because he knew that it was in this place of solitude that his soul would be strengthened. It was in these lonely places that the Father, through the Spirit, could pour his love and peace and strength into Jesus' soul. Listen, I know we all face hurdles to solitude. 
There are children to take care of, work to get done, endless distractions of noise and news. But like Jesus, we need to put ourselves in the places that will give the Father through the Spirit the opportunity to pour His love, peace, and strength into our souls. Rich Velotis encourages connecting with God in this place of solitude through a practice called silent prayer, simply creating space to be with God and to hear from Him. And Rich offers some incredibly practical and helpful advice on leaning into this practice. First, focus on relationship. Don't get hung up on, uh, on doing it right. Silent prayer is not a technique to master, but a relationship to enter into. Just fix your, your heart and your mind on the presence of God. Next, normalize boredom. Silent prayer can feel uneventful, boring even. But what if boredom is the space in which we give God the opportunity to work in us? With all of the things that we use to distract us just stripped away, we can be present and open to Him. And finally, reframe distractions. Sometimes we feel defeated because when we try to enter into these times of just being present to God, we find our minds just wandering in a million directions. But Thomas Keating reminds us, if your mind gets distracted 10,000 times in 20 minutes of prayer, it's 10,000 opportunities to return to God. Being formed into the image of Christ is holy and hard work. Yet it's in solitude that the Father speaks to us and strengthens us. It's in solitude that Jesus reminds us that we're loved. It's in solitude that the Spirit guides and transforms us. Author and spiritual guide Ruth Haley Barton says, Solitude's primary function is to settle us into ourselves in God's presence. The chaos of the human soul will settle if it sits still long enough. Which leads to our third Jesus-inspired resolution. What if this year we resolved to struggle? The phrase, the struggle is real, is most often used ironically to, to mock the difficulties of first world problems. Things like running out of battery for my new iPhone or online purchases without free delivery. And we rightfully laugh at ourselves at how bent out of shape we can get at these minor adversities. But the struggle I'm talking about is something quite different. This struggle is revealed in the moments when becoming like Jesus feels impossible. For me, it can be things like wanting to help my neighbors find their way back to God, but also wanting to be my introverted self and stay huddled in my house. Or wanting to love and value every person, but also wanting to write people off over the stuff I see them post online that makes me angry. Or wanting to extend grace and forgiveness to those who have hurt me, but also wanting to punish and put them in their place. Can anyone else relate to these kinds of struggles? The struggle is real. And yet, what if becoming like Jesus is not about avoiding or eliminating struggle, but embracing it? 
Looking at the life of Jesus, we see a powerful moment in Luke 22 when he slowed down, got alone, and struggled with God. It was the night before his crucifixion, and, and Jesus is struggling with what the Father had sent him to earth to do. He prays, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. And his struggle, it was so deep that Luke goes on to say, and being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. Jesus knew the plan. He had been following the plan. He loved his father and the people he came to save. And when it came time for the ultimate sacrifice, he struggled. If Jesus struggled, who is exempt? Jesus needed space to wrestle with the Father in order to move forward into his purpose. And we also need the space to struggle with God for God to do his work in us. It's in this place of struggle that, that God can change my attitude, my heart, as he helps me begin to see things through his eyes. It's in this place of struggle that, that God can give me courage, even when I'm scared or uncertain. That, that God can strengthen me to move forward into the purposes that he has for me. If we fail to embrace this place of struggle, we will remain shallowly formed. Entering into the struggle will undoubtedly lead to moments where we are confronted with the truth of how things truly are and ways that we need to change. But it's in these honest places that we open ourselves up to God's transforming work. Deep formation comes from allowing God into the, the deepest places in our hearts. No one becomes like Jesus without struggle. Maybe 2022 is the year when Jesus is inviting us to, to slow down, practice solitude, and enter into the type of struggle that can bring transformation. To become like Jesus will require an act of resistance, a willingness to swim against the current of cultural values and self-comfort. It is not an easy journey, but it's a journey we can take together. Over the past few years, we've developed a January tradition here at Community that could be the perfect way to begin to open ourselves up to the transforming work of God. It's our 21 days of prayer and fasting. From January 10th through 30th, we will be joining together to ask God to form us into the image of Christ. We want to become the kingdom community he dreams we can be. We want to become like Jesus. And that's why we're inviting everyone to join us in these 21 days of prayer and fasting. Now, in order to create space for God to work in our lives over these 21 days, we invite you to, to do two things. The first is to fast from something that will enable you to withdraw from the, the pace and the noise of the world for these three weeks so that you can be present to God. This might be a traditional fast where you fast from food and, and use the time you'd normally be eating or preparing food to withdraw. 
Or maybe you want to fast from social media or television or some kind of activity to create space in your life for God to do something new. So the first invitation is to fast. And the second is to fill. Fill the time you're fasting with a spiritual practice that will help you be more present to the presence of God. This could be silent prayer like we talked about, or reading scripture, or sitting still on a bench in the middle of the woods if you can handle the January cold. To help you fill, I want to invite you to sign up for the Community Daily if you're not already subscribed. Through the daily, we're going to look at 21 questions Jesus wants to ask you. Each day, we'll reflect on a question Jesus asked in Scripture and wrestle with the answer to that question in our own lives. Again, the 21 days start on January 10th. To learn more about how you can engage in the 21 days of prayer and fasting, I encourage you to visit communitychristian.info or go ahead right now and scan the QR code on the screen. We'd love for you to join us for this experience as we invite God to do his transforming work within us together. Church, we have an incredible opportunity before us. The way of the world continues to swallow people up in its pace, distractions, and shallowness. As the kingdom community of Jesus, we have the opportunity to model a different way the way of Jesus. Let's allow God to deeply form the character of Christ within us. Let's become like Jesus so that he can use us to transform the world. 